to you by Barfoot and Thompson. On the show today, we are chatting about financial mapping and insurance. It protects the most important and valuable asset, and that, of course, is you. Join me and Jamie James for the next 45 minutes. Welcome to Property Matters. Well, Monday has flown round nice and quick. We're going to give you next Monday off for a very special King's birthday. You need to remember that. I see some countries are calling it a monarch's birthday. Is that in preparation of trying to just have never having to remember what we're saying? Um, but that'll be cool. But this week we are here with the fabulous Jamie James from Jamie James Financial and Insurance. Welcome back. Thank you. I've been actually really excited to have this conversation because I can't believe it's been two years since we last had a conversation as so much has happened. We've thrown in, I don't know, pandemics, world crises. Interest uh, rates, inflation, yeah, You name war. it, it's happened. Ah. And in the mix, we moved to this beautiful new studio. So welcome, welcome. Now, for our audiences, tell us a little bit about yourself and your own journey that led you into your own business with such a financial and insurance focus. Well, I love to say that life is a beautiful journey filled with ups and downs and all the in-betweens. And I guess my journey comes from a wake-up call. So we've all had a wake-up call, right? Whether it's a wake-up call in relationships or business or health or finances. And at age 24, I got several wake-up calls all at once. (laughs) Thank you, world. Yeah, thank you. Thank you very much. Um, But I learned so much from that. So... I worked three jobs through high school and I bought my first home on my own at age 24. Wow. I thank you. (laughs) But I did a lot of dumb things and made some silly mistakes. So I spent more than what I earned. I racked up some credit cards thinking to myself, I'm investing in myself buying these things. (laughs) And I did get financial advice, but I didn't keep up that financial advice or the reviews on the mortgage or anything like that. I got insurance to help cover myself from a health perspective if I lost my job or um, income protection. But roll forward a few years, I was looking at those insurance payments going out and I thought, hmm, what a waste of money. There's so many other better things that I could be spending that on. So I cancelled it. Um, I also went to the (laughs) bank and banks don't teach us how we construct our mortgage loan to suit us and not the banks. And at that point in time in my young brain, uh, the floating interest rate was cheaper than the fixed interest rate. So it made sense to me to put my whole mortgage on Mm. floating. Mm. Roll forward a couple of years, global financial crisis happened. (laughs) I lost my job along with lots of other people. So I had no job, no money and ASB phoning me saying, Jamie, uh, you're missing some mortgage repayments. And of course, I didn't have any insurance as a a backstop and no savings as well. So for me personally, as a young 28-year-old, I hit rock bottom. Um, It felt like a black hole. There was no way out because I didn't... The the worst part was for me personally is that I was so embarrassed that I had no one but to blame but myself because I had put myself Mm. into that situation. But trying to figure out how I could get out of that situation, I knew that if I got kicked off the property ladder, how on earth was I going to recover from that and get back on? 
So uh, I ended up contacting my brother. So my brother had worked in, in London and, and he built up some cash savings, but he didn't have enough to buy a home himself. So I proposed, why don't you go 50-50% shares with me in this home? You know my story with this. This, this is my blood, sweat and tears, but we can be partnership in this property and um, I'll be the best tenant ever. <laughs> <laughs> so there were several wake-up calls and I was very um, fortunate that we were able to collaborate together and then of course what I learned from that is you do need a support team you do need Mm. to have some smart people that specialize in different areas and getting financial advice getting mortgage advice getting insurance advice so that you know when things do happen then you've got those contingencies in place so we ended up I purchased that property uh, for 370 and then just a couple of years ago once I financially mapped it out we sold it for just over 1.6. So it was a great, great, great ending to the story. Yeah. But there's a whole but you wouldn't be on your own. We There'd be so many people that have got stories like that. Yes. And I guess part of your role is helping those people now. To, you know, it's good to learn from your mistakes and build a business right. from it. Yeah. What is it that you love so much about this whole financial landscape? So the thing is, is that going back to my journey, I realized that I had invested so much of my time and resources and money into buying this asset, you know, that was supposed to be for my future self, but I didn't invest any time or consideration whatsoever into understanding what is required to keep this asset and what is required to sustain this asset. So, I mean, Warren Buffett says, you know, number one rule is don't lose money. Rule number two is see rule number one. (laughs) So it's easy that, you know, it can take years to create um, or build wealth or an asset, but it can take seconds Mm. to lose it. Mm. And so, for example, if you have like $100,000 that you've invested or you've saved, and if that has has a 50% crash, you now only have 50,000. But if that increases by 50%, you still only have 75000 mm. So it is so much harder when you lose an asset or lose funds to get back to where you just started mm. before. So I love, love helping people bypass the rookie mistakes that I made and help educate and empower people so that they can make better decisions and they can live their best lives. Yeah, and, and I mean, I've known you for a few years now. That's a real genuine thing too, which I really love about you. Um, it's a, a genuine want and care. It's not just a business. Now, since we last caught up, of course, the world has thrown you a pandemic, some cyclone, <laughs> some flooding. We haven't had the plague of locusts yet, but, you know, that any day <laughs> now. Um, how has business been for you during this crazy time? It's, you know what, there's been a lot of wake-up calls for people. So it's been busier than ever. But what I do love about it is that I'm finding that people are more interested and engaged, that they want to understand, where am I? I've, I've gone through this pandemic. Everybody said, you know, I should have cash savings or emergency cash savings. I didn't have that. So I felt the pain of what that looks like. Didn't think that I was going to get made redundant, but I did. But I didn't have a contingency plan mm. in place. So mm. there's been 
been so many wake-up calls in the last couple of years that people are really wanting to understand, okay, so if I've been through this pain and stress, how can I mitigate the risk of that happening again? How can I put myself into a better position um, if that does happen? So what I teach um, clients, we always go through three things. Always ask yourself three questions. What can go wrong? What am I missing? And what do I need to learn or do to minimize the downside, the pain, and to maximize the upside, the good times or the opportunities? So those are the three things that we go together. If I had have had that mm. at, before age 24 when I had those wake-up calls, things may have been a little bit different. Those three things would work across anything in your life. You know, if you're making a big decision about anything, that's three very good questions. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yep, you heard it first, relationship advice as well. <laughs> Brilliant. I love it. Now, talk to me about financial road mapping because this is this is what you specialise in. What is it and why do you see it as so important? I love this. So this um, came about in 2020. So prior to that, we were helping people with insurance. But when 2020 happened, even for myself, I was like, shoot, what if, you know, there is a 20% reduction in salary or, mm. um, you know, what what's going to happen? And my clients need to, there was a lot of fear and uncertainty and I wanted to be able to help take that fear and uncertainty. And usually that comes from, the feeling of the unknown, you know, so I wanted to be able to transform that into have people having clarity and having some confidence around things. So think of it like, would you ever get into a car with a driver who is blindfolded and there are no dials on the car, so there is no speedometer, there is no fuel gauge, there's no brake and there's no seatbelts? No. Well, no, exactly. <laughs> but what we find is some people are actually driving through life exactly like that, blindfolded with no dials, no seatbelt, no gauge or anything. So what we do with the financial mapping is we give people a visual snapshot of their world, like their world. Okay. And we talk about you need plan, you need the strategy and the execution on those things. So think of us, your team, financial advisors, as the GPS of your mm. car, for example. So we give you clarity on where you're at. If if you were to get an Uber or um, you need to get to the grocery store and you put the grocery store into Google Maps, Google Maps will always ask you, well, where are you? We need to understand where yep. you're starting from and then get clarity on where you want to go. So with the, the capability that we give clients is we can anticipate roadblocks. So we've got their world mapped out of what their income is, what their property portfolio looks like. Um, are there any obstacles that they, that they might need to overcome? We start anticipating things that might go wrong. Do you need to adjust the speed, the time, the route? So these are things like debt management spending plans what's your cash flow looking like does it make sense to maybe reallocate some of your cash flow from here to here um, are you optimizing your kiwi saver and then how are you managing those risks how good is your seatbelt? Mm -hmm. so if you end up having a big messy crash are you and your family and your business and your portfolio going to be okay so then that's the confidence that mm. clients get now they've got a roadmap. now they've got a support team they know where they're going we've mitigated a lot of the risks and 
you know, there are things that we have control on yep. and there are some things that we don't have control on, but they know that they've got that support team there. So we help them with reviews. And if anything does go wrong, we facilitate all of those insurance claims as well. So, so how does the process start if someone comes to you, like talk us through a client process of a roadmap? How were they... Pu- what are they having to pull together so that you can do this? Kind of like same the information as what you would fill out for a mortgage application. So contact details, what's the household income, if you've got a property portfolio, what's the mortgage structure of that, if you've got any KiwiSaver. So we plug that into the financial mapping software and then we start doing due diligence and an analysis on that. So we meet for a first um Uh, initial meeting which is typically over zoom or teams and just get a really good understanding of here's the clarity on where you're at but where do you want to be because most often often people aren't necessarily where they want to be but they have an idea of that and with those numbers and i love this because when math meets opinion math wins every time and sometimes the unsaid (laughs) needs to be said so you might have some clients that are like have got this great idea we're thinking about buying another investment property does this make sense so that when we do run the numbers we can often numbers don't lie (laughs) yes this makes sense or "Mm, could be a little bit risky but what you can do is is do these things um, so I have an example of, of financial uh, mapping that might be helpful. Um, just recently we had a client who, he's a business owner. The wife is working part-time because she's raising a family. They've got an owner-occupied home and they've got a property portfolio. Now they were really, they were referred to us because they were really worried and concerned that the interest rates are coming off fixed in a couple of months. Um, and they didn't know how they were going to cope with it um, and whether they needed to sell their properties or not. So what we did is we started the financial mapping and then we always asked the questions, okay, what can go wrong, what am I missing and what do I need to learn or do? So we ran a different scenario mapping and what came about is I um, talked to the clients about uncorrelated assets. So let's look at, for example, their plans were reliant on two assets that they had. Number one, he's a business owner. So we looked at the risks of the business. And number two, they had property. But the two properties were both concentrated in Auckland. So when we're thinking about uncorrelated assets, I talked to them about a client who had nine rental properties in Christchurch then the Christchurch earthquakes happened. Mm, Seven mm. of those properties, even the land couldn't even be remediated. So it was such a risk. It was great that she had a property portfolio, but she concentrated all of her assets and risk into one location, right? Is it possible that Auckland could experience something like that? So part of their plans were that they were thinking, do we need to sell or can we can we buy some other investments? So we talked about with your uncorrelated assets, even with your cash savings, for example, start looking to diversify. So what we did was is that they had X amount of cash savings. We thought, okay, your fixed rates are coming off in a couple of months. Dump some onto your mortgage because the high interest rates keep some cash in a check account 
for your emergency saving funds. That's going to save you on paying mm. extra for insurance. Allocate some into a um, term deposit, so then you start earning interest on that. And then potentially talk to your mortgage advisor about offsetting the rest, so it's, it's offsetting mm. the interest repayments. Okay, so now you just you just took that cash and you spread it out and you're making it work far better for yeah. you. And then talking about the business that he had, um, talking about, okay, so... What are the risks in terms of if you or your business partner got sick? What would happen? He said, well, there would be a drop in revenue. Okay, and then what happens? Well, then we'd have to lay off staff. And then what happens? Well, then I've got some liability issues because yeah. <laughs> we won't Big be time. able to afford the overheads. Yep. So then we started talking about insurance and putting that seatbelt on the business because the family generate the income from the business. So mm. we had to protect the business first. And by protecting the business and the revenue then protects the family um, from any liabilities from that. And then we stress test the por- portfolio. So I asked I asked the family, okay, what would happen? This is a great thing to always ask yourself, regardless of whether you wherever your assets are. If my portfolio, property or cash, stocks, wherever, took a 10, 20, 50 percent hit, it's a big crash for nine months in your business and your salary and your household income and your property. What's the impact? Mm. Think about that. And it's not just thinking about what is the financial impact for me, importantly, what is the emotional impact to you, to your family, to your business, to your staff? So stress testing your portfolio, whatever that might be, is always a good Mm -hmm. thing to do as well. We reviewed the insurance. Obviously, they had old policies that hadn't been reviewed for a very long time, which was why they were referred through to us. Their kids were missing out on free kids cover. And then we talked about securing that seatbelt around the business insurance. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So diversifying the funds was... um, a big takeaway for them into different uncorrelated assets. So also looking at KiwiSaver because they hadn't started KiwiSaver. Um, And that's the difference of, think about it. So you could go buy an iPhone, invest $1,000, you own an iPhone, great. Or if you invest into stocks, for example, now you can invest $1,000 and you own Apple shares. You own pieces of the company. <laughs> so KiwiSaver, for example, is diversifying into uncorrelated assets, into things, for example, like property, which is all over the world. Okay, so there's less risk and it's diversifying into different equities and things like that. So I had a chat with them about potentially considering um, KiwiSaver as another option. So then my favourite part is, and what the clients were so happy about, is that we financially mapped things out and we looked at reallocating some of their surplus funds and adjusting some of their spending plans. It would cut nine years off their mortgage term and save wow. them paying over $200,000 in interest repayments to the bank. Wow. Yeah, so that's two hundred k in their pocket and not to the bank. Brilliant. Mm-hmm. That's a good advert. Um, so if an investor's listening and they think, okay, I want to go down this journey, should they be chatting to you before they go to a mortgage broker or is this sort of in tandem? Either, either. Whatever makes you feel comfortable because the mortgage advisor is probably going to do a similar thing. They're going to look at the household income and let you know whether you can purchase a property yeah. or not. What we look at is, is a holistic view in terms of where are you at, 
where do you want to be what some roadblocks or obstacles or things that we can anticipate that might stop you from getting where you are to where you want to be and we can have a chat about that that could be about debt reduction insurances optimizing your kiwi saver and things like mm. that yeah so it's quite a, quite a bit more broad what we do why do you think it's so important to look at your client's financial journey and not just take them simply through the insurances they need? Why Why have you, and I guess you've kind of answered this with your own story, um, sort of expanded so much into that? So again, numbers don't lie. Um, people might have opinions on how much insurance you should have, but when we do the financial mapping, you can see it. Mm. This is your world. And then it's up to the client to decide, you know what, I'm happy to take some risks. So we always say to clients, our philosophy is that you are not overinsured. So if if you are underinsured, that's okay because during the financial mapping, you might have some cash savings that you're happy to mm. fall back on. Um, we don't know until we go through that. But what we do like to do is bridge the gaps. That's it. That's what your seatbelt is. Shouldn't be anything more than that. Otherwise, you're overinsured. So bridging the gaps, and then we can do that through the financial mapping. Nice. What's well, been a great success story you can share with us? I mean, you've mentioned one, but where clients perhaps went through this journey with an unexpected outcome. There's quite a lot. Many clients, honestly, the, the, the biggest unexpected outcomes that people have is sometimes they think that things are a lot worse than what they thought it was. Mm, mm. Yes, there's a lot of fear and uncertainty happening. There's a whole bunch of noise that's going on. But when you go through that financial mapping process and we can show clients where they can reallocate some of their funds back onto their mortgage and because they yeah. cut nine years off and save 200000 they're like, we can do that. Mm. That's We didn't know that we could do that. Yes, you can. Now you've got a plan. We've got the strategy in place. So now you can execute that and we're your support team to help you, you know, and with if anything happens, you give us a call and we can facilitate those insurance claims. Do you think as Kiwis we do enough preparation before leaping into an investment property or a mortgage? Are we, are we a bit she'll be right, mate? Yeah. There is a little bit of that, isn't <laughs> there? Yeah, yeah. yeah, there can be quite a bit of that. I mean, we're good at planning. There's always great ideas and great plans, but often it's the strategy that we're missing. That's the biggest mm, piece mm. is the strategy around it and looking at identifying risk. What can go wrong? Yeah. What am I missing? <laughs> what do yeah. I need to learn or do in order to minimise the downside and maximise the upside? Yeah. I'm surprised you don't have, is it too good to be true? You know, that, that, that slogan. Um, what or who are some of the professionals that you suggest someone engages with along with yourself before making an investment decision? Mortgage advisors, talk to your solicitor, talk to your accountant. Um, get as many voices to the conversation as possible because we can get stuck sometimes with the brilliant idea in our head, but sometimes you just need a different perspective. Mm. What are your blind spots? It's just like mm. driving a car, right? You've got to think about what what are my blind spots and get those conversations around there because we don't know what we don't know. So sometimes it takes somebody else to offer a different perspective to things to go, ah, oh, actually, I do need to figure out tax yeah. efficiency around yeah, yeah, this yeah. particular business decision 
Now, look, let's turn now and focus to insurance, which is a big part of your world. Can you unpack some of the different things that you offer? And I guess I'm curious, what is it that you feel a first-time investor or even an experienced investor should think about when it comes to insurance? Thinking about risk. Risk is alive and well, whether you choose to see it or not. So sometimes plans don't go to plan. Like, have you ever gotten into your car and you're going to go drive somewhere and it just doesn't go to plan? Like, you get stuck in traffic. I got stuck in traffic um, two weeks ago when we got that big alert. Going to the chiropractor, supposed to be 15 minutes, took me two and a half hours to get there. It was insane, you know, or... Sometimes um, there could be roadblocks or a crash, for example. Mm. So risk risk is there, right? Um, and the less risk we perceive, the more risk there is. So if we were to perceive that there is zero risk in driving a car, we would all be driving around with no seatbelts on and yep. speeding all over the place, right? So there's two parts when it comes to insurance. There's Insuring our things and stuff, which is what I call it, say houses, TVs, cars, things like that. Um, What I specialize in is looking after people. So if anything happens to people. So things that you need to think about is if something were to go wrong, what's the impacts of that and what do I need in order to make sure that we can come out of that okay, right? So most of the time people rely on the household income to cover their living costs and to cover the mortgage repayments. So that's a big one. Yeah. And then, of course, there's our health. Things are going to happen along the way with our journey. So making sure that um, you've either got some critical illness or some medical insurance cover in place. Um, And then, of course, if you've got dependents and there's a bit of debt on the mortgage and you don't want to leave that for the family, some life insurance is helpful. Yeah, and diversify. So I always talk to clients around approach your insurance investment similar to your portfolio Mm. investment. Diversify. Sometimes it's best to have a little bit of everything so that no matter what happens, you've got that different seatbelt in place for those things. Why do you think it's important that people come to someone like you, like a broker scenario, rather than just ring around companies themselves. Why can't I sort of jump on and ring all the medical insurance providers, then look at income protection? Obviously, you're going to save some time for me. Mm -hmm. But is there other reasons behind that? Do you get a better deal or is it about the knowledge of what suits the person? It's all of that. Right. So a single piece of financial advice can make or save you thousands. Yes, you can phone around all the different insurances and you can go online. And it's the same It's the same rate whether you go online mm-hmm. or if you go to an, an independent advisor. But what you are missing is the due diligence. What you are missing is understanding the fine print and everything boils down mm. to the fine print. Oh, yeah. That determines what are you covered for? More importantly, what are you not covered for? And once you go back to those professionals, it's the same about getting a lawyer to look at buying a house and reading all of that fine print that's Mm -hmm. in there. If it's an apartment, it's going to have very different things to if it's a rural property to if it's a a house in suburbia. So use the professionals. Absolutely. I mean, like, I would not perform surgery on myself. (laughs) I would not try and, like, do dentistry on my own teeth, you know, or I wouldn't try and fix my own car. (laughs) Like, give that to the professionals to do. Absolutely. When should someone decide to have their income protected? Is there a certain person or, you know, they don't even need to be an investor, I guess? It's, no, you don't. You don't need to be an investor. You just, what could go wrong? What am I missing? Mm, yeah. 
<laughs> what could go wrong? If I could not earn my income, what do I need in order to be able to cover my mortgage or my rent and my basic living costs? Do I have cash savings in place? Yes, great, cool. Then maybe you don't need income mm. protection, but how long is that cash savings yeah. going to support you for? And did you save that years ago and now the cost of living so much higher that actually what you thought was three months is probably a month? Exactly, mm. and some people do say, well, hey, look, I would just sell an investment property. Okay, cool, but when that thing does happen, how long could it possibly take to sell that investment mm. property? Is the market going to be up? Is it going to be down? So just giving yourself a bit of a buffer. Always think about... If I couldn't work and earn, what would I need in order to be able to cover my basic living costs? Mm. What sort of things trigger using income protection insurance? Is it purely health? Or you've got mentioned on your website redundancy cover, like... Are they different? They're very different. That's a great question. So insurers used to offer redundancy cover, but when COVID happened, they actually ah, took that off the table. Right, so you can't gone. get that anymore. Yeah. Yeah. So income protection is just one of those things that it's very specific. In the event an illness or an injury stops you from being able to work and earn your income, it's going to replace a portion of your income right. as a monthly benefit. If you're renting, so we've got a lot of tenants that listen to this show. Mm-hmm. They you know, may one day become investors, but right now they're renting. What sort of insurance do you think they should think about? Similar things. So, it, I mean, most people that are renting and they have that plan to be able to buy their own property or investment property, you need your income. You're building up your cash savings in order to secure that deposit, right? So if you couldn't work and earn... Mm. How are you going to continue saving for that deposit? Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. We had Mike on a few weeks ago from Fast Connect who said you should check your power prices and deals every year. Mm -hmm. Then we had Tapari Hewitt, a mortgage and financial advisor, suggesting looking at those financial agreements like mortgages every year, so annually. So... Uh, million dollar question, is it the same for insurance? Yes, yes. 100%. I love Tuffity, by the way. <laughs> exactly. Always, always, always review. Review, review, review. It's because, I mean, think about it. Think about how much mm. the world has changed yep. in just the last couple of years. Think about how much in interest rates, the cost of living and inflation has changed mm. just in the last 12 months. What you needed 12 months ago may be quite different to what you need True. now. So, so it's not always just about the price. It's about what you need may have changed. You may have had children. You may have d- different dependents. Yeah. Absolutely. Excellent. Um, what rookie mistakes do people often make with insurance going online and not not getting financial advice <laughs> yeah. that's probably the biggest because it's mistake. such an easy tool isn't it, it to is. just everyone jumps online yeah and good good to have a look but then go to the experts absolutely the experts actually save you wasting time money and more importantly the stress because if you're going to invest in a insurance policy we want to make sure that you get maximum return on your investment that comes down to was the application done correct at that point in Mm. time was the due diligence done were the medical records pulled did you disclose everything up front because non-disclosure is a huge issue Mm. just getting insurance (laughs) is great but also talking to a financial advisor about how you can structure your insurance rates Mm. so a lot of people don't know but they're they're accepting that insurance premiums are increasing each year you actually don't have to do that you can fix the insurance premium at your age now and it will literally save you thousands long term wow 
Yeah. That's, but, that's good advice. Financial advice. Yeah, 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 yeah. You won't get that online and <laughs> yeah, insurance yeah, yeah, yeah. companies Ex- certainly won't teach you that. <laughs> exactly. Now, look, I did my research before you came on the show and someone said you are very good at assessing and only offering insurance that you believe the person needed. In fact, you stopped them from taking out extra policies that they'd planned to. Mm-hmm. Why do you think it's important for people... To, to use an advisor from that space. Like, it's interesting to hear you stripping back somebody's need or policies. Because our philosophy is you shouldn't be overinsured. So when you do the financial mapping, we get an understanding of, hey, you've got some cash here. That's going to be fine. We can model out um, the household income. So if one income stops for a period of time, you've still got the other person working and earning. So based on their net income, is it enough to support the mortgage and the living costs? Sometimes there's a bit of a shortfall. So rather than covering the entire income protection, you only need to bridge the gap. Mm, So that saves clients on over-insuring themselves. Now, switching now to a business front, last time we caught up, you talked about some business insurance policies. There was business continuation insurance, key person insurance, shareholder protector insurance. Is all that still happening in this post-COVID world or is that being culled as well? It's definitely happening. Still going? Yeah. So talk us briefly through that. So SMEs, they're the backbone to our economy and it's super easy. We get into business Mm. um, but like my client that I was talking about beforehand um, they've got a dentistry practice but they didn't realise that if one person was to pass away then technically the other person is up for all the financial liabilities which they can't afford. So the business can own a policy and pay for the policy which is a tax deductible business expense so these two clients can have a life cover on each other so if one of them passed away right then the funds will get injected into the business and of course the wife will want to of the um, person who's passed away will want to extract the equity out of the business and if you can't afford to pay that you might be in business mm. with that person. So by having a life cover in place, it extracts the equity out, the estate receives the equity from the business, and then the surviving business owner gets the shares back and continue running the business. If there are overheads, um, which most people, business owners, it's usually the lease and wages are the two most expensive um, business overheads. So if one business partner was sick and couldn't work and earn for a period of time, if they're a key person that the revenue will drop, then you can cover the business for bridging that gap. Yep. Let's say it was 10 grand a month in order to ensure that those overheads can still be supported. Ultimately, what insurance is about is so that it takes away that financial stress. If you're sick or injured, you do not need financial stress on top of that. So it takes that away so that ultimately you can focus on Mm. recovery and get back to living your best life. Nice. So in the COVID space, is it mainly redundancy cover that's disappeared? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Now, speaking of COVID, medical insurance is, is a biggie and something, Mm -hmm. you know, I personally always make sure I have. Are you finding more people are getting medical insurance and not relying on our public health system given how much in the media? I mean, this week, was it this year, last week, there was conversations around, you know, the waiting lists and getting letters saying, do you still need this surgery? Um, and these people have been waiting two to three years mm-hmm. getting a letter going, do you really need it or have you 
manage to cope with the pain now sort of thing. Are you finding more and more people heading down the health insurance track? Absolutely. Yeah. There's a lot of fear and uncertainty mm. around that. People, n- Most people know somebody that's had to wait for a very long time, like you say, receiving yeah. those letters oh. that... Again, you just don't need that stress. No. If you get sick, you want to get in as quickly as possible and get that, that support and help that you need so that you can get back to living your life. So a lot of people are inquiring about medical insurance. And if we go back to sort of the whole investment side of the show, you know, number one, you'll look after you to pay off your investment. So I guess health insurance cl- kicks in in that space as well. It does. Um, in our final five minutes now, I I'd like to get a sense of a little bit more of sort of your own company and roadmap for the future. Uh, Can you just talk me what an experience would be like having you come in and look at somebody's sort of insurance needs and do you continue to work with that person once the policy is set up? Like how long's your journey with a client on this? Great question. So we normally have a brief chat over the phone together so I can get an understanding of what the client's priorities, what, what their major concerns are right now. What are, you, what are your concerns and worries? What are your preferences and priorities? And then we can book in the initial Zoom call. So that's where we financially map out their world. Right. Yes, and we can provide them with key insights and things that might be holding them back, um, de-risk in any particular areas. And at the end of that conversation, it could be, for example, helping them um, by referring them to a mortgage advisor to restructure their mortgages, optimizing their KiwiSaver, and um, putting some insurance in place. If it's that, then we start going through a pre-approval process. Um, So pre-approval is again applying to insurers because we don't know what your Mm. medical history Mm. is so let's see what insurers would Mm. even offer you as insurance. If you've got existing insurance in place then at that point in time we're completing the due diligence on that. Then we've got all of the information so then we put that into writing Um, and then we catch up for a second Zoom meeting with the client. We go over that recommendation and writing together and then the clients can design their plans so it fits their budget. So however much or little somebody wants to invest in this or not, they control that. But what me and the team control is putting them and their family in best outcome for claims. And in 11 years of helping people, all of our claims have been paid to date. We don't cut corners. Yes. That's something to celebrate. We're very, very proud of that. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Are you nationwide? Because we have our listeners listening all over the country. In fact, all over the world. Are you nationwide? We sure are. If you've got access to the internet and you've got a mobile phone or a laptop, we can Zoom or Teams in and connect. Brilliant. Awesome. What's your goals, long-term goals for your company? Evolving in this ever-changing world. I just um, uh, saw this presentation with Peter Diamandis and it was quite frightening, terrifying and exciting at the same time but um, they talked about if because of AI and the way that medical is Mm -hmm. advancing, if you're still alive in 2033 which is not that far away you have the possibility to be able to extend your lifespan to 100 or 120. So here we are, (laughs) like gearing up for retirement at age 65, but we all know we're living yeah. longer, right? So for me, as a, as a from a business point of view, it's like, wow, we need to make some changes. How can we help? What could go wrong? What am I missing? Yeah. What yeah. if what if we do live <laughs> to 90 or 100? How much money do you need by then? 
then in order to be able to live your best life, how do we diversify these assets? How do we make your insurance, mm-hmm. you know, affordable and sustainable long term? What can we do now? What do I need to learn? What do I need mm-hmm. to do? right now in order to put yourself in that best position. So always learning, growing and evolving in this changing world. I love it. Jamie, an absolute pleasure to have you back in the studio. We could talk for hours, but we're out of time. How can people get in touch with you? Phone or email. Super easy. <laughs> so, and head on to the website, jamiejames.com, J-A-I-M-E, james.com. We are out of the time. We will catch you again soon, Jamie. Thanks for tuning in this week, and a big thank you to Barfoot and Thompson and to Fast Connect for supporting us to get this program on here. If you've missed an episode, jump on to Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple or Samsung. Email us at propertymatters at barfoot.co.nz if there's a question you'd like us to answer. Next week, the fabulous team at Planet FM are going to entertain you with some King's birthday music. I'll catch you in a fortnight. Have a great week. Property.